So I've got to admit, I didn't really do a very good job of writing this homily, actually. By about 3 o'clock this afternoon, I didn't have anything written. And so I talked to a friend of mine, uh, a brother priest, and asked what he'd been preaching about. And he told me about this TED Talk video that he used to kind of to, to, to base his homily around. And he suggested I do the same. It wasn't a bad idea. The TED Talk was of, done by a paramedic. It was about five minutes long. And the title of the talk was, Am I Going to Die? Am I Going to Die? And it's the question that this paramedic throughout his seven-year career had gotten time and time again whenever he was facing somebody who had, who had had a fate or something like a fatal accident or just somebody who knew that they were, their death was coming to an end. And one of the things the paramedic would do, especially at the beginning of his career, whenever he was faced with this question, am I going to die, by somebody who clearly was going to die, who had no shot in living after the accident, no shot in, in, in making it through, what the paramedic would do was he would lie to him. Say, no, you're not going to die. You can make it through this. We're going to get through this. No, don't, don't, don't worry. Power through. And, you know, ultimately they would die. And what was that? Well, eventually he got a, he, his conscience got the best of him. He couldn't stand lying to these people anymore. So he wanted to so decide, you know what, I'm going to tell the truth. And what he was expecting was he was going to tell them, yes, you're dying. And he was going to expect them to freak out. Experience some kind of terror, start screaming and yelling and all this other stuff. But he decided he would go through it anyway. He didn't want to lie anymore. So the next person, it was, his very, it was the very first time this happened. Somebody was dying, asked him, am I going to die? And he looked them dead in the eyes and said, yes, yes, you are. And what he noticed from that person was that the first thing that he asked for was forgiveness. Forgiveness for all the things they did wrong. Forgiveness for all their regrets. Forgiveness for all their problems done in the past. What he noticed as he continued to ask these questions was there were two other things that people often had. Everybody asked for forgiveness. Didn't matter if they were atheists. Didn't matter if they were Catholic. Didn't matter if they were Buddhists. They all asked for forgiveness. It was fascinating. They all also asked for remembrance. They asked him to remember them. Not to forget them, tell their, and to tell their family where they are. And what he noticed was that that desire for remembrance was a desire from deep down within for immortality. A desire to move on, a desire, a desire to live on, a desire to, to remain, a desire not to go off into the abyss. But what he found most fascinating, the third thing that he found that everybody desired, was to be able to look back their life and know that it had meaning. Know that it served a purpose for somebody. Know that it wasn't just full of some banal tasks that ultimately didn't amount to anything. But know that somebody actually benefited from what they did. And that's whenever he realized that whenever somebody has these three things, forgiveness, immortality, and meaning in their lives, then what ultimately happens is it gives them a peaceful death. It breathes serenity and peace into their souls so they can continue to go on to the afterlife. And so I think what we can learn from this is that, is that this is what we need. Aren't we all looking for serenity and peace? Aren't we all looking for forgiveness, immortality, meaning? And so the question is, how do we maintain it? How do we really live our lives 
or we have forgiveness, immortality, and meaning? How do we live our lives with our hearts full of serenity and peace? And I would argue that the way to do that is to constantly bear in mind this gospel passage. This gospel passage is fascinating. It's all about the apocalypse, the end times, the second coming. And it's meant to literally scare the hell out of us. And I would argue that's a good thing. And here's why. The fact of the matter is, is whenever our life is lost in meaning and lost in forgiveness and immortality, it's usually because we've done a bunch of dumb things. It's usually because we've done things that we look back and go, wow, that was really a waste of time. We're either doing things such as watching Netflix, scrolling through Instagram, stories on Snapchat, Facebook likes, I mean, whatever. These things that kind of isolate us from the rest of the community and keep us deep within ourselves. And I think we've all done this. I don't think this is anything that any of us is exactly excluded from. But what I think is fascinating is that we all do things that waste our time. We all do banal tasks. We all all do things that we all bitterly regret and all are going to regret at the end of our life. I, for one, whenever I was was just getting ordained a priest, somebody asked me, is there anything you really regret? Anything you wish you would have done more? Anything you wish you would have gone, any place you wish to travel. And I was like, look, honestly, after seven years of seminary formation, my one regret isn't the fact that I didn't travel to Rome more often, isn't the fact that I didn't go to visit D.C. even though I was in the area, isn't the fact that I, that I didn't go and, and do all these other, like, you know, actually, I don't think I ever went to a Baltimore Orioles game while I was in Maryland. These things, like, it didn't, didn't bother me. The one thing I did regret, though, was all the times I missed spending in the chapel. All the times I failed to do my holy hour. All the times I failed to give Jesus the priority. That's what I regretted. And yet, I continue to struggle with this stuff. I think we all struggle with this stuff. And so the question then is, how do we break out of that? How do we move on from doing all these procrastinatory habits and really learn to live our lives for the present moment filled with meaning? And I would argue... That the way to do that is to begin to figure out why we do all these procrastinatory habits. And I would say that the main reason is because of fear. Deep down within, we have this crazy fear of evil in our hearts. The biggest one, I think for all us millennials, is FOMO. The fear of missing out. That's why we're always on Instagram. That's why we're always on Facebook. That's why we're always Snapchatting. There's another type of fear. There's a fear of conflicts, the reason why we avoid family, the reason why we avoid friends. Other types of fear, fear of losing, that's why we avoid great tasks and competing. Clinging to our friends is a fear of being left out. There's a lots of fears that like, live deep within our hearts. And I dare to say these fears are what drive us to do these really dumb things, these things that suck the life right from out of us. And so the question then is, how do we stop these fears? How do we overcome them? How do we drive them out so that we can live right here, right now, in the present moment? And this is what I would say. If you really want to drive out a fear, the easiest way to do it is find a bigger fear. Simple. If somebody's holding a gun to your head, you're not going to care about your communications grade. I mean, let's be real. If somebody's robbing your house, you're not going to care how many likes you have on Facebook. It will not even factor into, your picture, into the picture. And so if we have a bigger fear than the present fear, these present little fears that we have, I think we can maybe begin to start to live in peace. 
And that's why I love this gospel passage. This gospel passage is all about the apocalypse. It's all about Jesus coming back again and basically scaring us to where we can remember and realize that the only fear we really need to have isn't the fear of evil. In fact, the fear of evil is a sin. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. The only fear we really need to have is a fear of the Lord, the fear of God. And that's why this gospel passage is beautiful. On the one hand, this gospel passage is quite scary because the, the sun will be darkened, the moon will not give its light, the stars will be falling from the sky, and the powers in heaven will be shaken. It gives us an image of terror. And that's a type of the fear of the Lord. There's really two types. The first one is called a servile fear. That's the fear that a servant has toward its master. And so the fear, that kind of fear of the Lord is you don't want to hurt the Lord, you don't want to offend the Lord because you're afraid he's going to punish you. I remember I actually scared somebody with that reasoning one time. Somebody asked me, hey, Father, why are you Catholic? And I told them, you know why I'm Catholic? Because I don't want to burn in hell for the rest of eternity. That's why I'm Catholic. <laughs> Simple logic. It doesn't take much. And yet, it's, it's something that can easily save us. In fact, the Council of Trent decreed and ruled that that's a very valid way to enter the kingdom of heaven. With servile fear. With fear of the Lord as the way a servant fears his master. But that's not what the goal of the Christian life is. The Christian life is all about getting us to realize that we're more than just servants. We're sons. We're daughters. We actually have belonging with the Lord. And that's calls for a higher type of fear. And that's called filial fear. A fear of God the same way a a son fears his father. Not out of fear that his father is going to hurt him. But fear, but the son fears hurting his father because of all his father has done for him. That's the type of fear the Lord wants to harbor within our hearts. That's the type of fear that we're called to live out of. A fear of sin. Not because, just because it'll wind us up in hell, which is actually a fine reasoning. But a fear because we know it hurts the one who loves us. Because we know it hurts our Father who made us, who created us, and who gave us life. Who gave us redemption. Gave us another shot. Gave us another chance. And so, my dear friends, that's the point of this whole message. That's the whole point of this whole gospel passage. That if we really want to live the same way that our, our friends spoke about, our paramedics spoke about, Live, in, live with a deep sense of forgiveness, a deep understanding of immortality, and a deep sense of purpose and meaning, then it's going to be a matter of living out of fear of the Lord. Because if we can really live out of fear of the Lord, then what's the point of wasting hours and hours on social media? What's the point in avoiding our families? What's the point of avoiding our friends? Because at the end of the day, those fears are nothing compared to the incredible fears that we should have in the sight of our Lord. Amen.